We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, sponsored this week by MyFFPC.com. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by Nathan and Dan. Yes, wait for it, Nathan and Dan. What's up, both of you guys? We are here. We are excited. Um, You know what I'm most excited for, though, is that Nathan is here, and we can actually hear him. And it's glorious. And he's sound. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. So good. I haven't been this excited for a nice trade cast probably <laughs> ever. Like, I mean, the the vindication to the haters and losers I will get. And I'm sure that you guys can talk about it a little bit more in depth. But uh, we had some good turn of fortune with my computer, which stopped working with Google Hangouts. And then it restarted working with Google Hangouts. And Dan, what else happened to help my audio on the nice tradecast? So it started to get to the point where I I was really feeling awful about the whole situation. And um, I, I wanted to do something nice. You know, I, I had a decent year in, in fantasy last year. So I, I figured why not throw a little bit towards my good friend, Mr. Powell. Um, so what I did is I sent out a message to our OG listener league. Um, and, and I was, I basically already, I'd already ordered the, the microphone, but I wanted to get our listener league involved if they wanted to help out. So with the help of our, great listener league and mr Bertsloff over here um we pieced together some cash and got nathan a brand new yeti to replace his old one that his uh well we don't want to name names but oh here i'll do it his roommate pawned it (laughs) off is what i think happened i'll do it come at me 
he went and saw Rick Harrison at the Pawn Stars store and sold his Yeti microphone that was autographed by Nathan, which is why it carried so much value. No, we we just we wanted to do something good for Nathan because he didn't deserve all the hate that was happening. So I'm 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 almost as excited as Nathan is. Um, but the look on his face when we logged in and we could hear him, it was it was like he had just met Jesus and like it was good to go. Yeah, this is I would just like to say that um I did it mostly so the reviews would improve. Uh, like Nathan, <laughs> it just doesn't matter to me about Nathan, to be honest with you. Okay, uh, on that note, difference between us. On that note, let's quickly do the rundown. Uh, yeah, you're a considerate human being. I get it. I'm getting by. This is pretty much what's happening. <laughs> um okay, so this show we are gonna talk about some of the actual free agency moves that we alluded to last week. So um we hit the nail on the head on a couple of them, really whiffed on a couple, so we'll kind of talk about uh, revisit that since who wants to talk about anything else really um, and then we will go through and do a fun accent edition of the dynasty courtroom so uh, that will be fun at the tail end so getting into that I do want to remind the listeners that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage that's rotoviz.com slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and it also helps support the pod so you can contact us via email as always rotovizradio at gmail.com or as always slide into those dms at rotovizradio and that's a, that's a real at as always unlike me hosting the show dan so that's, that's true that's okay. true let's you know what i i'm just gonna say screw it i'm gonna throw to nathan to actually open up a bit because i think his audio is gonna work all righty let's talk some big free agency moves and for those that didn't notice we were we released a podcast on thursday and we recorded on Monday before free agency. So that was that was really awesome last week, Eric. Just, you know, I thought I'd throw a jab at you for once. <laughs> oh, um, cool. Well, at least I showed up, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes, let's talk about moves that were made last week. Uh, the big one that pretty much people were anticipating, probably since, like, the NFC Championship game, Kirk Cousins to the Minnesota Vikings. He joins the, the team with uh, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook and company. A very young and explosive offense. What's Kirk Cousins – no, that's not a thing. Uh, Dan- <laughs> Daniel, uh, what are your instant thoughts on Kirk Cousins as an asset now in Minnesota? Well, it, it seemed inevitable that he was going there. You know, the the Jaguars had the Jaguars. Sorry, Eric. Get uh, it right or pay the price. <laughs> Jaguars. They they were in the conversation for a little while, but I don't think they were ever really uh, an actual suitor. Um, then you have you know Denver Broncos, who we didn't go with, but the Vikings. That's ideal landing spot. You've got a you've got great assets around you've got a great defense that's going to help out um and my r- original knee-jerk reaction was wow this is this is great for everyone this is a big boost for kirk this is a big boost for all of you know, the wide receivers tight ends blah 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 but after thinking about it just a tiny little bit um kirk kind of historically a slow starter um so i, I think the big bumps are going to be with the running backs um, definitely dalvin cook and, and he's kind of already been propped up a little bit uh, as it is. So I, I think uh, his current ranking or ADP will be a little more justified now. Um, I don't think Latavius Murray is even remotely relevant unless uh, Cook goes down again. Um, but I think Rudolph, more than the wide receivers, will benefit from this um, only because we know that um, that the new offensive coordinator loves himself some some tight ends. DeFilippo, if I... Is that is that even how it's pronounced? Probably, um, it's that's kind of his go-to. So I think I think we'll see a big boost with running back. I, th- I think they'll add a tight end um, just to kind of help Rudolph a little bit. But I think Rudolph and the running backs, the the wide receivers are still going to get theirs. I, I think they're still very well in play for like a nine hundred yard floor with six eight touchdowns. Uh, I think that's a solid floor that you can build on. Uh, Diggs with a huge ceiling. Thielen, I think, is more of a floor play as it is, but both extremely valuable. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of all in on this whole offense at this point, but um, maybe just slightly lower on Kirk than than the community. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, as a as a member of the Stefan Diggs fan club and his number one enthusiast, yep. uh, I am very excited about him having a quarterback to finally hit him while he's actually open all the time. Uh, so that will be great. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I don't really have a whole lot to add to what you said, Dan. I think you're pretty much spot on. I think his value, everybody's going to freak out right now and 
elevate him to the quarterback five, which we kind of talked about last week. So I'm not sure my opinions change. I think that that's kind of where I stand. So I'll go ahead and just kick to Nathan and let him give his take here. Yeah, I'm on board with Dan that I pretty much think it's a very good boost for all the weapons in that offense. But just to be the, the wet blanket of the conversation, I will say that there is the risk of Kirk Cousins losing the volume that he had in Washington. Much of his production, maybe because he didn't really have great weapons. He had Jordan Reed, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson a few years ago. I, I think that most of his production ended up being volume based where you know he's getting 30, 35 passes per game. And when he joins a team like the Vikings who probably won't need to pass that much, maybe go down to the 20 to 25 times a game. Plus they have Dalvin Cook who can carry the load as a running back. I think there will be definitely a a decrease in passing yards, but that might just get offset by a a passing touchdown, which Evan Silva alluded to um, a few weeks ago. Yeah. The the explosiveness in the weapons is definitely going to prop up the touchdown totals. I I think we'll, I think we'll see something in that high twenties, low thirties for sure. But, um, which might seem like a little bit of a leap, but um, I, I th- honestly, I think with the playmakers, I, I, that's tough to not hit, even we, even if he is only throwing it that that few times. Do we? Yeah, I mean, so so I think Nathan hit it, but so we we worry that they're playing ahead too often. Yeah, and they will be. The defense is so good, and and I mean, the offense is going to hold its own, and they're going to be able to ground and pound even when when Murray comes in and spells Cook you're still there's a threat for Murray to take it to the house. He's got he's got that ability. He's shown it in the last couple of years. So uh, I think I think that team is is going to be almost always ahead. You know, maybe not in the first week when they have to play the Eagles, but <laughs> outside of that, I, I think they have a good chance at at uh, maybe struggling with the passing game because they don't really need it. Okay, well, let's let's go ahead and move on. Uh, the next move we're going to talk about is um, one we didn't touch on last week, and that is Eric Ebron ended up going to the Colts. Um, so I guess what is our take here uh, as far as impact? I think the player that it directly impacts is Jack Doyle. Then the other question is, does it help whoever the quarterback is, uh, which we don't know who it is at the moment. Uh, but I guess I guess I'll throw to Nathan first. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's a boost to Brissett or Lock, whoever's under center. I don't think Ebron's the type of playmaker where he's going to be boosting up his quarterback play. I, well, I think maybe the big fantasy, what about their quarterback total, though? Because he is, a, he is an, an end zone weapon if he actually catches the ball. I, I don't think he's that much better of a weapon than Jack Doyle is. Uh, I, I think that from a fantasy perspective, what this does, Ebron was the type of guy that you could you know, rely on as like in that tight end 12 to 15 type range on, on a weekly basis when he got his targets. Now I, I think that it ends up being Doyle and him splitting targets at the tight end position, maybe uh, Ebron getting more of the red zone work and Doyle getting more of the uh, you know between the 20s work. So I, I think neither of them ended up being like super fantasy relevant. Doyle definitely loses. He was getting funneled with targets um, by Brissett and Luck, um, you know, in 2016. So I, I think that Doyle's, you know, just straight volume uh, fantasy value definitely decreases here with the sighting of Ebron, and more so just I, I'm fading both in it, like a, from a redraft type perspective. So yeah, okay. I think yeah. I, I think both are kind of in that low, you know, the ceiling's probably like low tight end one. Um, I think this kind of more points to the Colts obviously not being comfortable with what they have at wide receiver and realizing that this wide receiver class isn't super great. Um, they know that they have T.Y. Hilton, uh, but beyond that, there's nothing. So I think what we're going to see with Indy, uh, and I don't love speculating, but his his strengths go, going back to college were when he was split out and, and constantly being a mismatch. So I think we'll see more of Doyle in line and we'll see um, Ebron out you know, actually playing kind of a receiver role opposite of T.Y. Hilton and then whatever else they bring. I'm guessing another speed option uh, for the other actual wide receiver position. But I think that all makes sense because that gives you three levels that whoever it is, Brissett or Luck, can hit and be consistent with. Um, having two ni- nice tight ends, honestly, because Doyle's kind of proven himself. And we all still, well, most people still believe in Eric Ebron. I, I don't think he got a great, uh, a, you know, a really great shot in, in Detroit. They kind of, they kind of took away the red zone work and, and, you know, he couldn't stay healthy. So that's a little bit on him as well, but you know, having Anquan Bolden there for what would have been his breakout year, had he gotten those red zone targets, I I think we would be having a different conversation. Um, I just don't think he got a fair shot in Detroit. You know, I, I actually, Ebron, I think this might be, I think this is his next to last stop. Um, 
and and the the deal he signed wasn't particularly lucrative. I think it was like up to fifteen million dollars without. I don't know what the what the guarantees on it were, but I mean, I think there's a chance the Colts are just kind of throwing gum at a wall, hoping it sticks. Uh, and, and I mean, a guy like Ebron has a lot of upside, but he really did flounder in Detroit. So I don't know. I'm, I'm this doesn't change Ebron's valuation. If it if anything, it slightly lowers it for me. So I mean, his valuation previously was what a late second maybe an early third in, in just regular tight end leagues. Yeah. About that. And so I, I, I think even in tight end premium, he doesn't go higher than like the two Oh seven. Yeah. And I think that's fair. So, I mean, his valuation probably is now solidly a third for me. Uh, I think Jack Doyle's proven to be productive as ridiculous as that sounds. Everybody made all the Jack Doyle jokes when he came onto the scene, but he's been fine. He's basically, he's basically Cameron Brait in his productivity and he just shows up week in week out. Isn't sexy about it, but does it. So, you know, I'm, it does hurt Doyle's value. Cause I think he was pretty much cemented as a late tight end one. And now I, I agree with Dan that his, his ceilings now a tight end one. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure Ebron even Im- impacts the situation at all. So just, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of hot takey. I don't think it's hot take. I, I think, I think that it's kind of a lateral move for everybody only because of what I believe they'll do with him. And, you know, if he's getting 80 to 110 targets, let's say, I think he's going to be right on par with kind of what he's done. So I, I don't see, I don't see a really an opportunity for an incredible boost unless they physically use him as a wide receiver, but he's not that type of athlete at this point. I don't believe struggling with health and whatnot, maybe coming out of college, he could have played that role a little bit better. But right now I think, I think they'll just kind of split them out a little bit and they'll work both tight ends and see if they can get Hilton on a, on a free release deep or something. Yeah. And I, I agree. Um, okay. So let's, let's move on to our next free agent as to not spend much too much time on uh uh, what was it? Drop to miss prime is what I heard Eric Ebron called the other day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you have, you have Megatron and Droptimus Prime. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, that's all right. Uh, then that is A-Rob to the Bears, uh, a guy that I think all three of us thinks too low right now, if I recall correctly. Um, his valuation on the Jags is we all hate Blake Bortles too, so that's probably not surprising that we think he's so much better than he is. So uh, Trubisky finally gets his weapon, I guess. Um, so what is our, what is our take? Because really, as far as weapons go... That's about the only weapon on the team. Um, so I guess let's talk about A-Rob and what is his valuation doing Dynasty and what's our take on the move? I'll start us off. And I think that from a strict like offense perspective and the targets he'll get, I don't think it's a huge improvement over Jacksonville, more so just the fact that it's a team that has shown, okay, they believe in him by investing that sort of money in him. And they have a young quarterback who needs weapons. And so they added Allen Robinson as well as a guy we'll talk about later in Trey Burton. So I, I think that, Kind of sneakily, and you, you said they don't have anyone else really because, I mean, Cameron Meredith might actually sign with the Colts because that was a rumor today that he's in town and he's a restricted free agent. So yeah. the Bears the Bears could match. But let's say Cameron Meredith leaves. I think that Allen Robinson is sneakily in the conversation for a guy who could lead the league in targets. He doesn't really profile as that type of wide receiver, but it's just that barren, that wide receiver core. And young quarterbacks tend to lean on, you know, their number one wide receiver, a guy that they can count on. So I think Trubisky – Trent tries to get a little bit more aggressive in year two and has a little bit more success now that he actually has an actual wide receiver on his team. Well, I'd like to think that Nagy will kind of kind of let that offense go a little bit, but um, I'm a little bit hesitant on the, on the target share only because we don't know uh, what the plan is. You know, we, we don't know anything from, from Nagy. We don't, we don't have anything really to go on outside of running back output. Um, you know, most, most of the guys in KC are high efficiency, low target. You know, you're talking about Kelsey, you're talking about, um, Tyreek Hill. So I think, I think maybe just pump the brakes a touch on the, on the target thing. Um, but it is, it's definitely an upgrade just because it's no longer Jacksonville. And I think Chicago still has a decent way to go before they're really like a solid football team. Um, and the, yeah, made, the trailing will be a big thing for just garbage time TDs. Right, right. But they, I mean, they've made leaps and bounds this offseason. The team's got team's got a lot better, and it's going to get better through the draft as well. So uh, I think they'll get better. But right now, I mean, you have maybe a slight improvement at quarterback, and I guess just more functional brains calling plays. Uh, you know, I, I didn't trust Jacksonville. I didn't trust Blake Bortles. 
I'm not a big Trubisky guy, but I I believe in Nagy. I think I think he's going to bring something that Jacksonville didn't have, and and I do like Allen Robinson. I, I think he's a very good talent. I don't believe how some do that he's an elite talent. Um, I, I still think he's got potential to be low end a low end wide receiver one, but definitely high end wide receiver two, kind of in that Stefan Diggs range. Um, I'm more than comfortable with him there. And I'm, I'm hoping we see some good stuff and I, I hope they don't just hand it off to that, that turd Jordan Howard, like 350 times and then dump it off to Tariq Cohen another 120 times. That would, <laughs> that would be not great for uh, any of my new Allen Robinson shares. So let, let's talk about Allen Robinson. We're all, are we all still buying Allen Robinson and his current valuation at like the end of the second round of startups? Easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's caught up yet. I think I think he's going to start sneaking into that early that early second as we get going a little further and we sure. see Chicago <laughs> a little bit. What about first round picks? Where are you, what which pick are you giving for Allen Robinson? The 103? 102? I mean, I'd give like the 104 and 108 easily. Would you I, give Yeah, them? I th- I think it'd have to be 103 plus or 104 plus for sure. I don't know that I'd go as as early as 102 just because I still think there's there's a high end level talent there that and the unknown of both things kind of makes that like well maybe I just swap one hundred two straight but one hundred three plus one hundred four plus I think um, I think either way there kind of like what Nathan said one hundred four and one hundred eight seems like a really good a really good spot if you can get them there okay cool let's move on to uh, I think he was in the same wide receiver class and that is Sammy Watkins goes to Kansas City. Uh, this was not rumored when we did the podcast last week. Um, and I think Twitter went kind of into the Pat Mahomes is going to, is going to feast mode (laughs) once this came out. Uh, I mean, it it was trending that way anyways, right? It was everyone. The Mahomes is going to feast has been on Twitter for some time, right? Right. It it is is the second coming and this is going to take over. It's going to be. So uh, I, again, still worry with the volume in KC. I, I, you know, these guys aren't getting an immense amount of targets. There's a lot of talent there now. You have Travis Kelsey, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Sammy Watkins, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Spencer Ware coming back, who is a legitimate running back. I'm not saying he's better than Kareem Hunt, but he's going to take touches. That's a bad take, Dan. No, he's good. They proved it a couple of years ago. He's a really good flyer. And like, you can get him as like a 20th guy on your roster. And that's a really good value absolutely great value. Um, and he's going to get touches. I honestly believe that, especially with Andy Reid still there because he is just in a bonehead. Um, but I think, I think this is this one, unlike Kirk cousins is going to be more of a value to, um, Mahomes as stupid as that probably sounds because we just said he's going, you know, everybody's talking about how way too good he's going to be, but now you have, now you have to cover every single person and that's always going to leave someone open because there's no weak spot there. Uh, assuming Sammy stays on the field because. Or Kelsey Andy Reid uses Sammy. I think that that's a super important part of this. Right. Question. And that's what's another part that's scary. So will he be healthy and will Reid use him because we haven't seen two bodies. Well, now we are, we're going to need three people to succeed plus the running backs. So I don't know that there's gonna be a ton of volume to go around that defense got, uh, laterally better, maybe a slightly better. I, I don't know. They moved on from a couple of guys and and moved off of Marcus Peters and brought in a different cornerback. So the defense may be on the field a little bit more, but I still don't know that that changes much because of how much they rely on the running game. Uh, I'd like to see them let Mahomes just loose and throw it 50 times a game, but I know that's not realistic. So as a Sammy Watkins truther fan, whatever you want to call it, I, I am a bit hesitant to be as excited of, uh, on this move as some of other Sammy fans. I think that if you got lost in the shuffle of a Gurley Woods Cooper Cup offense, you could very easily get lost in the shuffle of a Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey offense. So I, I think that part of the reason the Rams let Sammy go is because, okay, we had this much success and we didn't really use him that much. And sure, Sammy's going to get the full offseason to learn the Kansas City playbook, and that might help him in that regard. But I think that, like with the Rams, there's a chance that Sammy just gets lost in the shuffle, ends up being not much more than a deep threat, which be- becomes an annoyance from a you know week to week fantasy perspective. Do you think? Do you think he maintains that red zone efficiency though? Because he scored a lot of touchdowns last year. He was like top five or six or something like that in the league, which I just wouldn't have. I couldn't have even thought about that considering the number of targets he had. But 
they they used him correctly in the red zone and and i think that could end up being where some of his value comes from as weird as that sounds considering how great of a downfield threat he is and, and route runner and all of this and the other thing if they use him in short spaces i mean that's just fine too because you're making up for all of it obviously touchdown has huge variance but you know, if the upside's there, maybe maybe he sticks with that value. I mean, okay, so I'll give my take real quick, and then I'll ask you guys a question. So my take can basically be summed up in, in two words. It is Andy Reid. And that <laughs> is Andy Reid is an offensive mastermind, and he could totally blow up Sammy Watkins' value. Or Absolutely. Andy Reid is terrifying because he randomly picks to just not put players in that should be in the game. And granted that's largely towards running backs, but still Mm -hmm. terrifying. So I don't know which direction to go, but I think, I think this has to raise Sammy's value because it was so depressed because can Andy Reid use him any worse than what the Rams were using him in? I, I, I fail to believe that that's even possible. So I will ask you guys a question. If you agree with what I just said, where is his value going to increase based off of this or should his value increase? And if so, what to, well, the, Eric, which kind of in, in part of your question, I disagree with. I don't think the Rams were using him incorrectly because they were having a high-powered offense that was scoring the most points in the league. And as sure. Dan said, he was he was highly efficient in the red zone. So I don't think that he was being used incorrectly. In, in using, I'm sorry, incorrectly fa- for fantasy production is, I guess, what I'm meaning. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, certainly there's the value bump of, you know, the unknown, but um, I, I'm kind of in I'll believe it when I see it mode. I'm, I've kind of backed off buying Sammy just because I had so many shares. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how it goes early on in the season. I'm not I'm not fading yet. I may start if it gets to go higher, but I don't know that I'm I'm in the moving down zone either. I think I'm just kind of in a holding pattern with Sammy. Um, and And I haven't seen recent market, I'm sure, uh, as April ADP comes out and, and we kind of see things pick up a little more steam once we get towards closer to the draft, I think then I'll have a better idea of his value. But I think right now he's still kind of, you think he's still kind of in a sweet spot because so many people were so soured on him, like you said, Eric, because yeah. of you know the just the 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 misuse for fantasy football, but correct use for actual football. So now that makes me think maybe they found. Maybe they found their, his go-to, and now he's just going to be a low-volume touchdown scorer, which is good and bad, makes for big weeks usually. Um, he might just end up becoming a best ball asset, like a high-end best ball asset. I think that that might end up be where we go with him. He's a glorified Deshaun Watson is what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson? Oh, that's what I meant to say, yes. Deshaun same Watson, different. Same different, different. Just, Jackson. No, um, same guy. And just to clarify, he's going. It looks like he's going in the early fourth round right now in startups. Oh, I'm so. cool with that. I I have. I mean, I what's have, even the risk there? It's like right. okay, he tanks, but yeah, I mean, Twitter's Twitter's mad about him right now. Um, so I I, I agree. I think this might be a, a buy window because I don't think this signing went generally without really any hype. There's no. I haven't seen any takes that Sammy Watkins feasts in Kansas City. Uh, I've seen that Pat Mahomes is going to feast, but I have not seen any Sammy Watkins is is coming for you. Eric, you must not be following Chiefs Twitter because Chiefs Twitter either was like, oh, Harry's Sammy Watkins and then Antonio Brown, or there was the Chiefs Twitter that was like, yeah, Sammy Watkins stinks and he's going to get injured. So, yeah, I don't. <laughs> to full disclosure, I do not follow Chiefs Twitter. That is. You're not missing Chiefs, out. Chiefs, I follow Chiefs Dynasty Twitter. Trades Twitter, and that takes enough of my time up. So. It's one of the more entertaining team Twitters for what it's worth. <laughs> okay. I don't doubt that. I just don't have time. All right. Let's move on. Um, and the Raiders have moved on from Michael Crabtree and in the process moved on to Jordy Nelson, a man who, if I'm, if I stand correct, if, unless I stand corrected here, was in the second round of startups last season in the off season. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing with Jordy? What's the take here? Good God, what does it do to the rest of the receiving core? I mean, what is what's just the overall thoughts and implications of Jordy being here? Or does Jordy not matter anymore for Dynasty? From a Jordy perspective, I think that it's a bit of a bump up. You know, it might sound weird going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. But just the fact that we – but it's not okay that Derek, Derek Carr is better than Aaron Rodgers. It's that we now know the future 
of Jordy Nelson, at least in the short-term future of Jordy Nelson. Whereas, you know, a couple months ago, we're like, oh, what's going to happen with Jordy? Is going to be with Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to be somewhere else? So the fact that we know where he is kind of just puts some safety to his name. And I think that, you know, he is what he is. He's a guy that you can get probably in like this, or you should be able to get in like the seventh, eighth round of startups. That's like a good win now guy that you shouldn't really plan on having on your roster in two years. So, uh, he's going in. He's just to cut you off there, Nathan. Um, it looks like he is going in the what eighth round, uh, eighth ninth round of startups right now. I'm I'm fine with that. There's some big time upside for an eighth round, an eighth round pick. So uh, let me let me preface this whole spiel with. I think I would rather have David Carr than Derek Carr, and I'm not talking about when they were drafted. I'm talking about right now. Uh, Derek Carr isn't good, but but. The volume is absolutely going to be there, much like with Jameis Winston, mediocre quarterbacks, big time volume. It's going to be there. Um, you know, as far as Amari goes, last year was an outlier. I think as a community, we were too high on him as it was. Um, but I also don't think that we should be floundering him in the way we have. So um, from an Amari perspective, I think he his value goes back not all the way to what it was because he was like top six startup picks. And I don't think he ever gets back to that, but I think late first, early second is kind of his sweet spot. And I think he goes back to producing that thousand yard, you know, eight touchdown, just kind of flat line season because that's what he did his first two seasons. But um, you think there's that much different? I mean, cause the difference in the offense between Jordy and Michael Crabtree is not that different, right? No, no, no. And, and I'm not expecting there to be any. I, I just think Amari goes back to what he was doing. And I think Jordy has a reasonable chance to pick up where, well, hopefully he doesn't pick up where Crabtree left off. Hopefully he goes back to 2016 and picks up where Crabtree left off because both Crabtree and Amari were absolutely atrocious last year. Um, so with a combination of the volume and both of these guys being actually good wide receivers, even though Jordy's a little bit slowed. I don't think he's lost his ability as a wide receiver. He's just not as explosive as he was a few years ago with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Um, so hopefully we can see a connection between he and Carr and they can figure out that back shoulder throw. Um, but I, I, there's not a ton, a ton of upside with Jordy, but eighth round valuation is basically free considering you could easily have a wide receiver too. So this is one of those things. And so I'll go back to what, Ryan McDowell said on the podcast last week, uh, I think he said it about Des Bryant and about Demarius Thomas, which is this asset is never going to gain value no matter how good nope. he does. Nope. Uh, so this is one of those assets that if you're purchasing Jordy Nelson, you need to have an exit plan in if your team tanks, get rid of him cheaper than you bought him for. Uh, so it's a it's a tough pill to stomach, and I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be a Jordy buyer, and it might come back to bite me, but I, I don't know. 32-year-old wide, wide receiver in a system that's brand new. Um, the fact that the pack weren't interested in continuing having him signed, and I think he probably would have stayed there. Uh, you know, it, it's it's something that kind of red flags are up in my eyes. I'll stay away from Jordy here. Um, and I think it's, but I, but I think it's, I think it's interesting. And for Amari, I'm not, I, it doesn't move the needle for me. J- Jordy equals Crabtree in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, so Amari stays pretty much exactly where he's at. Um, okay, let's move on. And uh, Nathan alluded to this, um, and this is Trey Burton uh, has been traded to the Bears. Um, he's not been traded to the Bears. I'm sorry, has been picked up by the Bears in free agency. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about what that means. We kind of touched on it in the podcast last week, but, um, the Trey Burton hype is really starting to build. Yeah. It took a while. It took a while for it to get there. He was, he was kind of my hidden gem coming into this free agent class because not really anybody, you know, no, nobody was talking about him. Um, we got to see him a little bit with Ertz out and he performed and we've seen him perform in the preseason. He's, you know, that you, you ask any of the, the DFS guys and they're all like, you know, Trey Burton's the, the preseason King, like he's winning money for everybody. So um, we know he can perform and we can know, we know he can do it on this level and going to a place in Chicago where they just got Allen Robinson, there's still a huge market share to be had. And, you know, Adam Shaheen's a great prospect and, and, you know, they, they spent, they spent on him last year, but I don't think you know, I I don't love it for Shaheen. Obviously, you never want to see somebody at the same position coming in and, and taking snaps. But this is another 
spot where we're seeing the NFL going more to two tight end sets. Um, they're, they're playing a little, a little bigger with those guys, but they're also using them more efficiently as pass catchers. So I think Burton, like I believed with Eric Ebron, will play more of a split out wide receiver type role because that's what he can do. He's not the greatest of blockers and we know Shea, he can block, uh, but he can also catch the ball as well. They're, they're both great athletes and I think they're both still going to get kind of their what what they kind of would expect to get. Um, and again, this all goes back to Trubisky and the what, what is the um, the theory of young quarterbacks leaning on their tight ends. Um, there's not really anything to that for those people that are thinking, oh, yeah, they're just bringing in tight end for Trubisky. No, they, they need weapons in the offense. It's as simple as that. They got a good one in Burton. Um, yeah, it's totally uh, true. I'm not I'm not propping him up into like high end tight end one territory or anything like that, but he's going to be relevant. He's going to score points. Um, you can probably still get him for a decent price, but definitely don't go overpay for someone at the tight end position just because the variance it's is awful. Um, injuries are awful. <laughs> tight ends don't overpay for him. I don't think that Shaheen is seen as a huge roadblock by the community. But I think that he's definitely more of a concern than I was expecting. When I, when I saw uh, Burton on the open market and the hype surrounding him, you said there was not much hype, Dan, but certainly from Ryan McDowell and some of the others in the community definitely were interested in where he would sign. And I was kind of hoping for him to go to a more wide-open situation where he could be the featured tight end one with nothing really behind him. The fact that he's going to be splitting time with Shaheen, I think that <clears> – <throat> This is basically the better version of Ebron and Doyle where this is going to end up hurting both of them to where I'm not going to really be interested in starting either of them on a, on a weekly basis. So I, I don't love the move from a fantasy perspective, but Burton is going to you know get the more targets of the two and is going to get the more immediate targets because he is more of a veteran as well. Yeah, uh, this is and this is also a cautionary lesson in, in sexy rookie tight ends too that they just take a long time to develop. I mean, Trey Burton didn't develop till now. So he's like this. The sex appeal is finally there when he hit free agency. So, uh, just an excellent lesson in not drafting on shallow rosters, tight ends that are rookies, uh, and uh, you know letting those guys get off of people's rosters before you go get them. Okay, let's move on. Um, and another tight end move, and that is Jimmy Graham going to the Packers. Um, what are what are our thoughts on pa- on on this move? I mean, Jimmy Graham now has Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. I love it from a short-term perspective. I think that Graham can enter that, you know, tight end three to five conversation from a strictly production standpoint in 28, uh, yeah, 2018. Uh, but I think that the Dynasty community is probably going to get a little bit too excited here. I, I, I put in the, the document, uh, does this put him in the tier after Gronk conversation of Kelsey, Ertz, Ingram? And I think some people end up putting him there. And if so, I am going to be trying to sell Jimmy Graham and something on top to get one of Kelsey Ertz Ingram because yes. I would much rather I would much rather have those years uh, than having you know Aaron Rodgers with with Jimmy Graham. So I think this becomes a selling opportunity to try and get a little bit higher on the tight end totem pole um, and younger as well. I'm I'm on board with that take completely. I'm not even going to add to it, Nathan. Uh, I'm going to go a step further and and just I'm I'm, I'm going to ask honestly ask the question: Do people not remember the last two? tight ends that the Packers brought in Martellus Bennett. Okay. Jeff but the, neither of those guys are as Jimmy Graham. So what about Rich Rogers? I mean, Green, Green Bay doesn't use tight ends. They don't. It's what about Jermichael Finley? They've never had Jimmy Graham. They've never Jermichael had Jimmy Graham. Finley. They've had guys propped up like that though. Martellus Bennett is a very good tight end. He just happened to get hurt, but they even weren't even using him when he was healthy. They didn't use Jared cook when he was healthy. Explosive athlete didn't use him. They don't use tight ends. The last time they had a, a relevant fantasy tight end, was Richard Rodgers like four years ago, and he only scored as a low end. I think he scored as tight end 12 because he got two Hail Mary balls that scored him like 20 points each and got him into into the tight end one category. I don't use him. I have no interest in Jimmy Graham. If I have him, which I don't, I'm selling him. He's going to get way too hyped up because of Aaron Rodgers. They're going to stick with Adams and Cobb and whatever else they decide to do. I'm guessing they're going to draft the wide receiver. I'm guessing they're going to use all of those running backs to their fullest. And I, I just, as great as Jimmy Graham was as a saint, and I was hoping he'd go back there, this for me is does nothing. It does nothing for me at all. 
So you're selling Graham if you've got him anywhere. Oh yeah, I don't, and I don't because because of the way Seattle used him so horridly. Um, I never had any. I don't even think I had any Seattle Jimmy Graham shares. Wow, that's impressive. My all my Jimmy Graham shares died with New Orleans. <laughs> okay, well, let's move peace. on. Let's move on real quick because this segment's dragging on a bit. Um, <laughs> and let's let's chat the last big move. And I'm being informed via my bullet points that Nathan isn't panicking about Derrick Henry, but this is Dion Lewis has gone to the Titans. Uh, Nathan, what's your take? Well, believe it or not, I'm not panicking about Derrick Henry. <laughs> uh, I I think that the Twitterverse just exploded. Derrick Henry's been the always been the type of player. It's weird, but like Twitter hates him so much. Like there's, you know, there's people that really like him good. as much as I do, but Twitter hates Derrick Henry like more than anything I've ever seen. So when Lewis signs like RIP Derrick Henry, he's dead. Are we really overreacting this much to a guy who really hasn't stayed healthy throughout his career and hasn't ever been a featured back? He's been a satellite back with New England. So I, I think that certainly it caps his PPR upside in terms of he's not going to have like 40 catches in a season with Dion Lewis healthy on the team, but Henry is a good enough runner that he's going to be able to put up high-end RB2, low-end RB1 numbers, even if he doesn't get the receiving work. But I still think he'll get some receiving work, even with Deion Lewis on the team. So uh, I don't quite understand the RIP Derrick Henry uh, takes, but Dan hates Derrick Henry, so there you go. Well, everybody seems to be staying in their lane with Henry. Is like, and you're absolutely right, Nathan. It's like all the people that were anti-Derrick Henry when they were when they were like, like in the draft that year, in the rookie draft, have stayed there this whole time. Uh, nobody's flip-flopped. So, and this just reinforces the people that want to believe that Henry's, but I mean, Henry was never going to be the guy with literally no one behind him. That would be ridiculous. Uh, so I, the signing doesn't do much for either way, but I'm not a Derrick Henry guy, but I think both are, I think the signing's fine, but it doesn't really impact Henry. So we, we could make the assumption, the writing was on the wall. DeMarco Murray was out since I don't know, December, we in, you know, inner circles or boxer chats or Twitter, wherever we've been talking about the Titans need a a combo back with Derrick Henry, because like you said, Nathan, great runner of the football, you know, the side to side movements, not quite all there, but he's, he is a very good runner. I give him that. I've, I flip, I personally, started to move him up and I was actually liking him a little bit more because I was starting to think, wow, maybe Tennessee is finally going to give him the ball. But no, they did exactly what we were thinking they were going to do by bringing in a pass catcher, by bringing in a running back who I believe is physically a better running back. Derrick Henry is more gifted as a physical specimen and he is more punishing as a downhill runner, but he is not a better actual running back than Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is issues are all health related, which maybe you consider that an ability, which that's silly. Um, But I honestly think this is going to be close to a 50, 50 split. And I'd like it more for Lewis because I believe he is going to end up getting all of the, the passing downs or the he's, passing he's like role. A, he's like a Geo Bernard in that backfield. Right. Like right. Yeah. It's like a Geo Jeremy back Hill type of thing, except not the worst football player in the universe like Jeremy Hill is. Oh, I was about uh, to say, are you saying Geo Bernard's the worst? What is this? <laughs> no, no. It's the, it's the uh, thunder and lightning. Um, yeah. I, I thunder still, is sad. I, I mean, and, and me saying it's going to be a 50, 50 split doesn't mean that it's not going to be, you know, beneficial for both. I, I think, I think both guys are going to score well. I think they're both going to score as RB2s just because that passing offense in Tennessee isn't there yet, and they need to lean on these guys. Um, and I think that's a big reason why they brought him in. You know, you'll kill Derrick Henry by week 10 if, if you're giving them all 30 times a game. That's the worst thing you could do. I think giving each of these guys 15 touches a game or something like that I think is going to be huge for the Titans. It's going to help them win. And again, this is more about the NFL teams. We have to try to figure out and dissect what the hell they're going to do. So... I honestly believe that that Lewis is with the contract that they gave him, which I was surprised by. But I think he's going to end up doing more than than Henry truthers want him to do and maybe what the community thinks he's going to do. But again, based on health, because he struggles as much as anyone. Yep. And if he if he fails, they'll bring back Dexter McCluster to do that role. (laughs) Dexter McCluster drop. 
Yep, Holy God! Monster drop. There it is. All right. Uh, all right. I think that's uh, going to wrap all of our kind of news version of this, talking about the uh, talking about free agency. So uh, on that note, let me tell you about our sponsors, the FFPC, uh, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. For most, it's the off season, but not for the FFPC. Or the Tradecast. They now have almost 200 active Dynasty Leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single Dynasty League is folded in eight years. Orphan Dynasty teams are available for purchase right now. Many of these are good teams ready to compete. And startup Dynasty Leagues will be forming shortly. So get your name on a wait list today. Plus, if you're ready to draft now, the FFBC Best Ball League will be opening for 2018 in a few days, starting at just $35 entry fees. So don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com, register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports there's no better time to join my bookie than today go to my bookie to open an account and start winning use promo code champion when you register for your account and get a 100 percent sign up bonus up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit bet today visit my bookies website or call 844-866-2387 that's 844-866-2387 check them out today and use promo code champion for a 100 percent bonus Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right, Eric, one thing before yes. we begin Dynasty Courtroom. I have a public service announcement for people who play Devi Dynasty Fantasy Football. Uh, Cal wide receiver Demetrius Robertson. His name is not Demetrius Robertson. We're not doing this with Martavius like we did or Devontae's, uh, all the uh, Devontae's. Demetrius, D-E-M-E-T-R-I-S, not Demetrius, Demetrius. What is, what is this? Is this for like two people on Twitter? Who are you telling this to? No, I've seen it hundreds of times. <laughs> hundreds. Okay. I. What, on Russell Clay's timeline? Who is misspelling this for you? Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Well, that's probably getting cut from the show. Let's get in the courtroom. <laughs> You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! Now entering the courtroom, the judge, Nathan Powell. Hello. Hello. How are you fellas doing today? I am excited for this court case today. It's a very controversial one on the Twitters. Today we have Dan Seno defending Jerick McKinnon, newly of the San Francisco 49ers, and Evan Ingram of the New York Giants, and the 108. And defending uh, for Eric is Devonta Freeman, Kyle Rudolph, and the 109. So we got the 108 and 109 involved here. Very controversial takes. Eric Burtzlaff, present your case. All right. Well, let me tell you my side and why it's important. And, and actually, before I get too far into this, let me remind everybody that's listening to this right now over the interwebs uh, that this is uh, where we talk about two trades. And uh, we, as lawyers, try to sell them to the judge and the judge decides the trades. It's basically a glorified way of talking about trades on the show. Uh, so my side of the trade, now that I've told all the listeners what's going on because I forgot to do it in the segment, so now I have to do it with an accent. Uh, I've got Devontae Freeman who's uh, super depressed value, just super depressed. And I'm dealing with maybe the most upgraded valuation of anybody in free agency, and that is Jarek McKinnon. Now, Jarek McKinnon, Devonta Freeman, very similar, very, very similar. Uh, and I would even say Freeman is is significantly higher. But right now in valuations, ooh, McKinnon's everything. McKinnon's everything. He's 105. There it is. Uh, and Freeman's right around there. He's right around that valuation. So uh, – 
you know, on Twitter, this trade seems very, very even, uh, especially with how much the love for McKinnon is. But I'm going to fight the McKinnon love. And I know my other lawyer over there saying, you know, ain't going to do that. He's going to try to tell you, oh, McKinnon's amazing. Oh, Shanahan's done all this. Oh, it's going to be awesome. But it's not the case. It ain't the case. That's all crap. So Freeman, to me, is better than McKinnon. And uh, Ingram, slightly better than Rudolph. And the 108, slightly better than the 109. It's a push. Slight advantage to Freeman. What's up? I should have just let you present my case for me, Mr. Birdsloff. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, we you brought up Shanahan. Well, so let's start there. Do you remember when Devonta Freeman used to be good when he had Kyle Shanahan? Used to be. My client resents that. <clears throat> well, guess who has Kyle Shanahan now? That's right. New RB1, Jarek McKinnon. I'm not saying the RB1. I, I'm giving him a tier. You know, top 12. Let's even stretch it to top 15 because that's where he's going to be. Uh, even with this incoming rookie class, this is... This man, he knows what he's doing. He's 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 not the 98th percentile spark or, you know, top athlete. He's not the 99th percentile, you know, spark, top athlete, whatever you want to call it. He's the 100th percentile spark athlete. That was cool. So Cordero Patterson is, is just fill him right in there. That's what that should be perfect. You cannot match him. You can't. Cool. And Jeff Janis too. Let's do it. Why not? Let's just throw everybody in that bucket. You know what's different though, Mr. Bertsloff, is we've been able to see this young man perform. The other two guys that you mentioned are schmucks. They aren't <laughs> even worth roster spots. And we've, we've seen a coach bang tables for running backs. And now he went and spent what money. What about Joe Williams? Derek McKinnon. <laughs> So I agree with you. I don't think there's a big gap between Jarek McKinnon and Devonta Freeman. I'm going to say that they're almost dead even. The big difference in this trade is not the 108 and the 109 because those are a wash. The big difference in this trade is Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. And I like me some Kyle Rudolph. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I like that that big purple SOB. But SOB? He's not you... purple. He wears purple, sir. He wears purple. You're not a blue SOB because you're wearing blue. <laughs> he is, in fact, purple. But Evan Ingram is fantastic. We're talking about not quite the Gronk tier, but high-end, tight-end one. This kid showed it all year last year, and some people are going to say, well, he did it without Odell. Well, guess what? I don't know that we're going to see much of Odell. He's He's got some issues going on right now. We're not going to bring that up, but he's struggling. So I think this is pretty clearly a big gap between Ingram and Rudolph. And I think, Judge, I think you are wise and you will rule in favor of the correct side. Order, order, order in my courtroom today. Uh, this is how I see this trade. I, I think that there's a higher variance on the side of McKinnon and Ingram simply because the Niners could invest a top 60, top 100 draft pick, and that would severely hurt McKinnon's value at the running back position. But as it stands today, I think that with the contract they gave him, he kind of slates to get 15 to 20 carries, even if they do bring in the fourth or fifth round running back. So I'm going to go with the higher variance side. It could end up losing out. If they invest highly at running back, then I would obviously side with Freeman. But for now, I will take the explosive Evan Ingram and McKinnon in with the Shanahan offense. I knew you'd do it. I knew you would, and I knew you'd be wrong. So don't 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 question don't don't question him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hot crap. <laughs> now entering the courtroom, Judge Dan Sanyo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you all could be here today. We've got a very important case to discuss. Um, and, and well, let's just dive right into it. Um, uh, my defendant over here, uh, Mr. Eric Bertsloff, will be um, siding with Julio Jones and Jimmy Graham. And then um, the other guy over here who most of the time we can't even understand, um, his his side is Dalvin Cook, uh, Jordan Reed, and the 108, and that would be Mr. Nathan Powell. Nathan, even though I offended you because no one can ever understand what you're saying, usually because your voice cuts in and out, why don't you go ahead and start with your defense? Imagine a world where in 2014 you could have traded Calvin Johnson 
for Todd Gurley. That sounds nice right about now, doesn't it? Trading Calvin Johnson for Todd Gurley. Julio Jones is the most likely wide receiver to turn into the Calvin Johnson early career wide receiver retirement due to the fact that he's had so many injuries throughout the years. So I think he retires early, and I think Dalvin Cook ends up being the supreme asset in the near future. And then we look at Jimmy Graham versus Jordan Reed in the 108. Personally, I don't care about Jordan Reed. He is purely an upside play at this point. So if we're looking at 108 versus Jimmy Graham, even with the Aaron Rodgers pairing, I'm taking the 108 over every tight end that's not named Gronk, uh, Ertz, Kelsey, or uh, Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey. See, you can't even remember anything. Who's the other tight end? I don't know. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. There you go. All right. Well, that was scrambled. I was about uh, to say, is he done? Is that the end of that? We're, we're just we're going to cut him off. Uh, Bailiff, Bailiff, could you remove him just just for the time being? I'd like to hear Mr. Bertzloff and what he has to say uh, yeah, without interruption uh, and he, ridiculousness. He gets, new, he gets a new microphone and has a stroke. That's not surprising. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go ahead and talk about my side, which is two proven assets. And two older assets that Twitter Twitter hates. Twitter hates these assets. So Julio, let's go ahead and talk about his valuation. Um, in my opinion, Julio is worth this entire other side. Reed is his value is tumbling. Cook plus the one hundred eight equals a late first round startup in my eyes. Dalvin Cook's going in what the middle of the first in the middle of the second round right now. Um, now, granted, is the valuation going to keep falling? Yeah, sure. But right now, Julio Jones and Jimmy Graham give you immense upside to win. Now I'll preface this by saying, if your team was rebuilding, maybe Nathan's side's right, but it's still a wash. You can still move Julio for more than this. The Julio side to me is an easy win. Okay. Well, I want to thank you both for uh, being as respectable as possible. Uh, Well, Eric, at least. Yep. And uh, I think this is closer than, than uh, any other judgment I've had to make today, um, considering it's the first one that's not saying a whole lot. And the last one. And the last one. But <laughs> I am going to rule in favor of Nathan Powell only, only because Julio does scare me and Dr- Jimmy Graham is a bum. Oh, that is highly frustrating. Now introduce me as the judge. <laughs> now entering the courtroom, the Honorable Judge Eric Bertzloff. See, now if you listen closely, the judge in the previous one is my B because he just introduced me. Uh, so that's great. Now I've got uh, got Dan and Nathan joining me again. Uh, we don't have any guests, so I'm going to have to listen to them bicker more. Um, I'll just go... Go ahead and kick to these guys to tell you their sides. Oh, go right. ahead, Nathan. No, no you go ahead. No, no, I, I, no, no, you go ahead. No, I don't want your microphone to cut out. You go ahead. I'll, I'll paint the picture story for for you, friends. Uh, this is a trade made in the Dynasty Tradecast Listener Best Ball League. Nathan traded the one hundred and one, also known as Saquon Barkley. Maybe something called an Elijah McGuire. For Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, a 2019 sixth, and a 2020 sixth. And just to give a little bit of background on this league, sixth round picks are basically free agent picks in August. So like the, the likes of like Chris Carson and uh, Thomas Rawls a few years ago, basically all the, the bad Seattle running backs end up being 2016 sixth round picks. Um, so basically it's some shots in the dark and Evans in exchange for Barkley and Boyd. Um, I'll start by defending my case. Uh, just other than the supreme assets here, uh, I do prefer Boyd to McGuire. I kind of consider Boyd uh, dead and buried from a fantasy perspective, but he did have that miraculous win uh, against the Ravens to uh, give the Bills a playoff spot, so that was fun. Maybe the Bengals will try and get him more involved in his third year in the NFL. But 
bare bones, this comes down to Mike Evans versus Saquon Barkley. And my side, I'm getting a guy who has been a proven wire receiver one at the NFL level, a guy who's going to be funneled with targets throughout his career, and a guy who I just consider a much safer, pro, uh, you know, a player than Saquon Barkley or the 101 is as a prospect. So I think there's always risk involved in a, a running back before he enters the NFL. So I'll take the guy who is a proven wire receiver one. So before I start stating my case, I just I, I'd like to ask Mr. Powell a question, if I may. So drafting Mike Evans at 102 in a dynasty startup is safe considering the way he scores? Question mark. Objection. Wait, it, that, that, has, that has that has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley. I'm not, I'm not taking Saquon Barkley at the 102 either. Nope, I, I'm just asking. Just asking. Um, okay, so let's d- dive into my side. Before we talk about the 101 portion for Evans, I will say that my um, my day started out with a separate trade for Evans because I knew that was the only way I could get uh, the 101 from Nathan was with Evans, and I would prefer Saquon to Evans at this point. So my day started out with a Sterling Shepard and two future firsts, for Mike Evans, which I found to be a good value. So with that in mind, I technically traded Sterling Shepard, two future firsts, Tyler Boyd, and two worthless picks for the 101. And with that valuation, I'm more than happy. And because I'm probably lower than Mike Evans, uh, on Mike Evans and everyone here, um, only because he's not all that fantastic. I understand he just got a big big fancy new contract, but he's just, he's so inconsistent. He's got an absolutely terrible quarterback. I I guess he's not the the super most terrible. He's no Blake Bortles. Um, And like Nathan said, the volume's going to be there. Absolutely. Dan, you're meandering on the point, man. I don't trust Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley is the man. This is going to be one of my two shares of Saquon, and I had to lock one in, and I really just wanted to deal with Nathan because I like him. Order, quit talking about yourself and your teams and your shares. (sighs) Sometimes you just got to bang the Coors Light against the table and make a decision is what I say, and those are words to live by, kids. Um, (laughs) You know, this one is a stretch for Dan's side. Um, Evans is pretty much universally, and as a man who doesn't really like Evans, universally accepted as being worth more than the 101. And that's ultimately what we're talking about here. Now, granted, you threw in Nathan Fodder and Tyler Boyd, because I know Nathan goes cra- those Nathan pals go crazy. For oh, yeah. <laughs> if there was Nathan's Gone Wild a video, they'd just be dangling Tyler Boyd's out there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I have, right side, I have to side with Nathan's side on this one. Uh, Evans is across the board worth more than the 101 uh now granted there's risk but what doesn't have risk the 101 saquon barkley doesn't have risk coming into the nfl get out of here um i will take evans um i will take that side pretty handily and i award this one to nathan and bang the cores lights some more if i do reckon i won both cases i presented so no big deal and i lost both yep Hooray. Okay, well, that has been another wonderful, magical edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I'd like to thank Nathan for being here without static or terrible audio. And I'd like to remind the listeners that if you like Nathan's audio being good and you thought to yourself, man, this show is good when all three hosts talk well into my <laughs> without internet issues, then I implore you to leave a five-star rating and review and check out our sponsor, myffpc.com. Uh, five-star rating reviews on iTunes help listeners find us uh, for Nathan Dan myself and these cores lights we will catch up with you guys next week so 
summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.